Thank you for downloading Pastor Ray Zasafa's audio podcast from the Apple iTunes Store. Whether listening on your iPod, your tablet, or your computer at home, we pray these messages are a blessing to you and aid you in your spiritual walk with Christ. For more information on Pastor Ray's teachings and ministry, please visit www.raysasafa.com. Now we talked about Jesus being raised from the dead. And last week we talked about what happened. Jesus went before the presence of the Father. And in the book of uh, Hebrews chapter 9, in verse 12 it says, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. So when Jesus went into God's presence, redemption became a reality for mankind. And redemption is, again, it's a package, big package. We talked a lot about this. We have been for the past 12 months or so. Now man is able to be born again. Now man has the capacity to receive the eternal life in his spirit man. Receive the life of God. Now man has the capacity to be as righteous as God himself is. That's all part of redemption. As Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, man can become a household, a member of the household of God. Now, it's very important for us to notice that redemption was not a possibility until the moment Jesus entered into God's presence into the most holy of holies in heaven itself and presented his blood and there he obtained or secured, if you would. That word is also secured. Secured redemption for us. So redemption is secured. It's a reality. It's not just a legal thing, but it's now a reality. Now, go over to the, again, to the book of Hebrews chapter 9. I believe there are two key words for us to understand the entire New Testament. Many teachings today are missing these two key words. And I, I mean, I can go through the entire New Testament and talk about it. That there's so many people's teaching today does not fit these two key words. These two key words are key words opening the New Testament for us. That is the four gospel, the book of Acts, and all the epistles. Without understanding of these two key words, everybody say key words. Oh, I wish you had pen and pencil. You could underline this or write it down. This is absolutely the key. Verse 16. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 16. I mean, I color it even separate coloring on my Bible to keep rem remembering this word. For where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Let's read this all together. For where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Verse 17, the key word. For a testament is in force after. A testament is in force after men are dead. 
since it has no power at all while the testator lives. If you've got five kids and you got a lot of wealth, you make a, a what? A will. A testament, if you. You go to a legal place and legally you have to do it or the state will take all the thing that it's yours. They will take it away from you. So you write this document saying, my car will go to my wife. <laughs> my uh, bicycle will go to my little boy. And so you put the whole list of everything you've got. Now, how many of you know the little boy and your wife cannot possess that car while you're still alive? Huh? They cannot take possession of it. It's not theirs yet. Everything I have, it's mine and my wife's. My kids cannot take possession of it. <laughs> Practically, it's all hers, but <laughs> legally, I've got pardon. But, uh, except my car. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, my kids cannot come and take the car key and go home with it to their home. No. No. That's my car. You are not driving my car. But see, when I pass away, it may be in my testament, in my will, my car goes to Kelly. <laughs> and so actually it's not my car, it's leased car, so no, nobody's going to get it. But anyhow, that's what it is. So now here's the key. Listen, a testament is only enforced after men are dead since it has no power at all while the testator lives. The New Testament was signed by who? By who? By Jesus. Jesus is the mediator. Let me read it to you. I'm not making it up. Go over to uh, verse, uh, let's see here, Hebrews again. I don't want to read these verses yet, though there's another word. Here it is. Verse 15, and for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant. So the New Testament was not in effect while Jesus was alive. Did you all hear what I said? The New Testament was not in effect while Jesus was alive. So if you teach from the four Gospels and apply now, there's two things, two parts to the four Gospels. We're talking specifically about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In the four Gospels, Jesus... Now, let, let's, let me read another word here. Galatians chapter 4, before we go on. So you, you, get a, you get a grasp of this. Galatians chapter 4, it says in verse 4, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth... His son, born of a woman, what? Born what? Born what? Jesus was born under the law. Jesus was born, you could say Jesus was born in, in, in the law. Or under the law. Jesus was born, Jesus still was under the law in the four gospels. So what Jesus said, primarily, primarily Jesus spoke to the Jews about their covenant with God. 
Mark 11, 23, when Jesus, 22, when Jesus says, have faith in God, that's not the new covenant. That's the old covenant. Jesus is reminding the Jews of God's covenant with them. New covenant, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, we have Chapter 4, we have faith. So I couldn't say to a born-again believer, have faith in God. That's wrong. Because God dealt a measure of faith to all believers. Now it's getting quiet here because I'm, I'm going to teach on this. So just hang, hold on, because I'm going to tell the stuff you, you need to go study. So the Gospels, four Gospels, must be divided in two sections. Number one, Jesus is speaking to the Jews. That's for them. That's for the people under the law. Number two, Jesus is prophesying about the New Testament. But not really in effect. You remember in John chapter 14, John chapter 15, John chapter 16, and John chapter 17, Jesus talks about the Holy Ghost. Well, it was the future of Holy Ghost coming. A lot of what Jesus said really in John, the book of John specifically, it's about, Jesus said for instance, he who believes in me has what? Has what? Has eternal life. Did, did the disciples have eternal life at the time of Jesus? No, they didn't. Because they were not born again. So what do you say? Well, pastor, they believed in Jesus. Yeah, their faith was based upon physical senses what they saw Jesus do they believed in him they were even when Jesus was crucified they didn't know why he went on the cross they didn't understand the old testament Isaiah 53 when he was raised they didn't even believe that he was raised when Mary and Magdalene came and said hey Jesus is risen they all mocked her they said you you're out of your mind woman so they were not born again in order for you to be born again you need to do have what Two things. Number one, believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sin and God raised him from the death. And number two, confess him as your Lord. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 and 10. So in order for you to be born again, you got to have those two elements. You got to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. That means you got to believe that he died for your sins. And number two, you got to confess him as your Lord. So they were not born again. So a lot of what Jesus said in John, really specifically in the book of John, it's about the future. He's talking about the future of the new covenant coming. Now go over to the book of John. Let's look at this. Book of John, chapter 16. Book of John, chapter 16. That's the key for you to understand. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Press down. Shaken together. Running over. Mention. That's the Old Testament. That's Old Testament. It's not New Testament. Luke 6 38 for instance. Now all our preachers are preaching that. And ton of other things that is not the New Testament. And I will explain why. Now, look at Luke uh, or John chapter, what did I say? Chapter 16. Uh, pay attention to verse, verse 12 here. 
Jesus says, that's talking about the Holy Ghost. In verse 12, it says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. That word bear, it's bastazo in Greek. It's as though uh, you would care. No, uh, it means to carry or to receive or to endure. Jesus is saying, you, you cannot endure. You cannot carry, you cannot receive what I've got to tell you. Why they couldn't? Because they were not born again. They couldn't understand the principle of God's kingdom. Everything in the Old Testament had to be physical. Everything had to be received by seeing it, hearing it, touching it, tasting it, smelling it, feeling it. There was no revelation beyond that whatsoever to them. Unless the Spirit of God came to them and told them things of the future that they didn't even themselves understood what was going on. You understand it? But in the New Testament, why? Because their spirit was not born again. None of their spirit was born again. Not in the Old Testament. That's why none of them could go before presence of God. They had to be kept in a place called paradise. And Jesus, we all read, we studied this, when he rose from the dead, he went, his spirit was righteous. He went and told them about what he had done. They accepted it. And then he took him with him when he went to heaven, to God's presence. He took those old saints with, from a place within Haiti called paradise. Now, now, uh, Jesus, in other words, Jesus, they did not go over to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Now, this is my opinion. You may differ from it. That's okay. I want you to go study it. Don't receive. The moment you hear somebody says something, you need to remember all the Bible verses in the scripture. That is if you read in the Bible. The moment a preacher opens his mouth, my mind and my spirit man races through all scripture. I mean all scripture. I can go run back and forth through the New Testament it's like my old neighborhood. I'm, I'm telling you, the moment somebody opened their mouth, my spirit man goes all over the scripture. See, what they are saying, does it match the fullness of the gospel? Or is it just they're pulling out a piece and preaching on that piece? Does it fit the scripture? And that's what I want you to do. When I say something, you, you cannot just look at one Bible verse. You gotta look at, you gotta look at the whole picture. To get the better understanding of what really this means. Now, I do, this is me. I do not believe that disciples were born again until the day of Pentecost. And I want to present my case. Uh, we were talking, Mike and I and several other people, uh, for you to understand this. Look at this. In Luke chapter 24, this is after Jesus' resurrection. Verse 44. This is appearing to him. This is almost to the end of those 40 days. For 40 days he's been appearing to him. Verse 44, then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. See, they couldn't understand that. Verse 45, and he opened 
their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. See, if they were born again, he didn't need to do that. Now, they had the elements of it. Now they're believing, I guess. Now they're seeing Jesus in front of them, that he's raised from the dead. In the beginning of it, they didn't believe. it. So they believed in his death. Even on his death, they didn't quite understand it. Revelation of it, they didn't have it till later on. And on on his resurrect, they believe he died. Now they believe he's raised from the dead. But there's one element is missing. For them, technically they had the pieces, but the Holy Spirit was missing. Now look at in Acts chapter, go over to the book of Acts chapter 1. Again, you don't have to believe this. If you believe otherwise, that's fine. This is what I believe. And since I'm preaching, I'm telling you what I'm believing. Acts chapter 1. Now, notice in verse, this is verse 15. This is after Jesus has been ascended. Did you know that after Jesus' resurrection for 40 days, he manifested himself among them. Then he was raised on the 40th day. Pentecost was 50th, so there's 10 days in between. You all understand this? So this is what we are reading right now. It's in between these 10 days, right before the day of Pentecost. Pentecost was the 50th day. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of, the number of names was about 120. And said, men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. Now this man purchased a field, which was, uh, you know what happened to him. He killed himself. We don't want to read that. Verse 21, therefore of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And they proposed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. And they prayed and said, you, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen. To take part in this ministry and apostleship with which Judas by transgression fell that he might go to his own place. And look at verse 26 see what they did. They cast their lots and the lot fell on Matthias, Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Go over to, this was an Old Testament practice, Leviticus chapter 16. They are practicing Old Testament laws still. Leviticus chapter 16, and in verse 8, this is one of the things that they did on the Day of Atonement. It took two goats, and verse 7 it says, And he shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord, and the other lot for the scapegoat. Now, after day of Pentecost, you don't see him practice that again, ever again. Why were they practicing that? They didn't know the mind of God. Now, go over to 1 Corinthians. The new birth. What does the new birth do to you? 
in verse 16, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 16, he says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Why did they cast lots? They didn't have the mind of Christ. The Holy Ghost hadn't come in there yet to apply or what's the word on? I've been searching for a word for that. The Holy Ghost, execute the new birth in them. Seal it or execute it. Go over to the book of Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. And you can see it here that the element of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit must be present for the new birth experience. Verse 5. You remember Jesus said a man is not born unless he's born of what? Water and the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit must, must, must be there. Must, must make. Actually, what he does, it is, it is the, the agency of the Holy Spirit that does the work of God in us. God plans it. If you look at the divine family, God plans it. Jesus puts it into action and Holy Ghost make it a reality. Without the Holy Spirit, it would be beyond our ability to understand these spiritual truths. That's why we need to have the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And so here in verse 5 it says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. You all understand that now? So the new birth. Now the question that some of you had. Where John chapter 20. When Jesus blew on the disciples. Go over there. Let's look at it again. I'm going to give it one more shot at this. And then you can decide. What you want for yourself. Really it's it doesn't matter. Although to me it does. Whether It's not whether they were born again 10 days earlier or 10 days later. It's not that. It's that they did not have the Holy Spirit. Now, what does this mean when Jesus says, uh, Jesus blew on him, verse 22, and when he had said this, he breathed on him and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, we know the Holy Spirit wasn't on the earth until the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament only came temporary upon people for a specific task. Usually it says the hand of the Lord came upon him. Or the Spirit of God came upon him. For instance, Samson, you know, the Spirit of God came upon him. He took the gate of the city and went against the Philistines. But it was all temporary. That same man went into a, uh, what do you call it? A prostitute. That same man, the hand of God was upon him. Went into a prostitute without any convic conviction whatsoever of what he's doing. So he didn't have permanently the Holy Spirit residing in him. He couldn't. The Holy Ghost could not reside in an Old Testament people. Could not. He could not. Because they were not born again. The Holy Spirit is only entitled to the sons of God. Those who are born again. And I hope you understand that. Don't have time to study that, but that's, you study Old Testament, you'll see. Now, so, uh, what does that mean that Jesus breathed on him? And I believe really is what he's telling him. He says, hey, 
hey, you're not done yet. Receive the Holy Spirit. Wait, wait for him, tarry for him. Receive the Holy Spirit. And so they did. So on the day of Pentecost, they were born again by the impartation of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and then experience afterward was that they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then again, you, you can decide on that whatever you want. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week for a new audio download of the Day of Salvation audio podcast.